Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Well, hello and welcome to episode 52 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, how many weeks are there in a year? There are 52 weeks in a year, Brian. 52 weeks in a year. This is episode 52. So apparently uh, this is coming up on the one year anniversary of Drink the Movies. We knock this one out. We're back into Christmas month, next month, holiday month. Uh, And yeah, that'll that'll mark a year. Uh, How exciting. How exciting indeed. Um, we should thank all of our listeners for uh, sticking around with us and going on this journey. It's been really amazing. Um, never in my life did I think that we that we could do something like this that would be successful and that people would love to listen to. And yeah. um, to be able to combine two of the things I love very, very much, which is movies and cocktails. I mean, mm-hmm, this is just mm-hmm. a dream come true. So thanks, everybody, for taking that journey with us for a year. It's been amazing. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. It's been amazing. And we've had a lot of good cocktails. But what about this week, Michaela? Have you been watching anything good or drinking anything good? Uh, it's starting. It's it's close to uh, Thanksgiving. Maybe we should uh, maybe we should go that route with it. Do you have a favorite, you know, kind of Thanksgiving cocktail or drink or, you know, wine? Anything you like to set out on the table Thanksgiving Day? Yeah, I really enjoy like a good mold wine this time of year. And that's okay. usually the first time I'm going to allow myself to do it. I also really enjoy a kind of a hot cider mixed mm-hmm. with some bourbon. Um, and that's always fun because you can play with the different bourbons because bourbons not, you know, as you know, not all bourbons are created equal. They have very different flavor notes. So it's kind of fun to be able to do that with some cider. And you can also play with the cider, right? If you make your own, mm-hmm. um, it was apple picking season here. So we had a ton of apples that we could kind of stew down and help create the cider. And um, it, it's just a lot of a lot of warm drinks though because it's mm-hmm. getting real cold and crisp outside all the leaves are now on the ground so they make that beautiful crunchy sound it's really great yeah that's right i mean it is awfully cold in the mornings when you wake up here now so uh, important to start your day with a good hot drink and yeah part of the fun of thanksgiving i think is you know having having drinks kind of all day you're cooking this huge giant meal having people over maybe um and yeah you're enjoying it it's about the time of year when it's good to make eggnog so go all the way back to uh one of the first episodes of drink the movies for uh national lampoons uh christmas vacation we made some eggnog so go back and give that one a listen to yeah yeah that was actually our very first episode uh where we made the aged eggnog and i can't wait for the weekend after Thanksgiving, because usually that's when we get that started. So it's nice and beautifully aged uh, for the week of Christmas itself. So I'm mm-hmm. very excited to be doing that. Um, that is definitely one it takes a while to make, ladies and gentlemen. Please go back and listen to episode one if you're into eggnog. It is worth every 
inch of effort you have to put into it and it's worth the Mm -hmm. wait. It's so, so good. It is so, so good. But before we do that, Michaela, before we get into, uh, you know, the holiday season, you know, it's Thanksgiving week and here in the U S there is a kind of traditional thing that you do on Thanksgiving. Um, at least back in the days before, you know, DVRs and streaming services, uh, you would have your family meal. And then sometime over the weekend, one of the major networks would have a movie on, uh, and that movie was Wizard of Oz. And that's what we're going to be talking about this week to wrap up musical month. So before we get back into, you know, our 1939 frame of mind, we better take a quick break so we can mix up a cocktail and, you know, make something good to talk about it because this is an all-time classic, Michaela. It sure is. And we're going to need an all-time classic cocktail. So we'll see. We'll see if we can whip one up. That's right. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back to chat about it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week's cocktail comes from the Tipsy Bartender website, and it's uh, the second week in a row that we're making up a milkshake. Oddly enough, it's actually the third uh, milkshake that we've made because we did a milkshake for the lobby bar, which was Turf War. And I don't know what happened to the internet. I think we broke the internet, Brian, with the Turf War drink. We got so many responses and people calling in and writing in, um, asking uh, how it tasted and wanting more information on it. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. But if you like that one, you're going to love this one. Um, This is called the Flying Monkey, which is not creepy like the monkeys in The Wizard of Oz, but instead uber delicious, especially for anybody out there who loves banana. That's right. And I am one of those people that love banana. I like a real banana. I like fake banana. I like banana liqueur, which we're putting into this. I like the little fake, uh, little runt candy banana. I love everything. Like what they were banana. called runts, those little, yeah. like, it was like a little baby cherry and a baby orange and a baby yeah, banana. Little, you love that? The, the little baby candies. Yeah. The banana one oh. was the best because yeah, I love banana flavored things. So when we saw this recipe, uh, flying monkey, uh, I decided that this was going to be my favorite drink ever. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite drink ever, but it's definitely my favorite milkshake that I've ever had. So Michaela, why don't you run through this one for everyone? Because sure. you are the one mixing these up for us. I was. Um, so uh, this is broken down uh, if you were going to just do one drink. Um, but of course, you mm-hmm. know, you're going to want to batch this up because it's a milkshake. So it's an ounce of banana cream de banana liqueur one ounce of coffee liqueur and one and a half ounces of Irish cream. The Irish cream you use doesn't really matter. We love five farms because Mm -hmm. that is the best Irish cream in the world. But if you got Bailey's, that's going to do the job just as well. One ounce of half and half. And then of course, real bananas and some ice. So there's no ice cream in this, but uh, you kind of basically create your own ice cream when you whip it mm-hmm. up. And so you blend all of that together and um, you're going to want to make sure that you blend it for a good amount of time so that the ice really crushes and it gets that beautiful, smooth milkshake consistency. You're going to pour it into a glass and garnish it with some amazing whipped cream. And then of course, a banana and a cherry. 
Yeah, that's right. So you get this uh, milkshake out of here. It's banana-y and coffee-y, uh, which is a very heavenly combination. Uh, and it's absolutely delicious. So I like normally I wouldn't say that I'm a huge milkshake fan, but you know, we've we've done a couple of these here now over the last few weeks and uh, I'm on board with the milkshake. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> something, something about it. It's really good. Especially if you have Michaela there to make them for you, uh, then yeah. they're extra delicious. Then they're extra delicious. I mean, what's not, what, what's going to go wrong? Who's to say that a bunch of sugary liquor and some kind of uh, really creamy, you know, high fat volume stuff is going to taste bad. It's always good. Now I will say that growing up when I became uh, an adult who could drink, I really mm -hmm. wasn't into the adult milkshakes until recently. So it's only been maybe the last five years that I've gotten into the adult milkshake. And mm -hmm. uh, I have to say, I think we've mastered it. I think we know what we're doing now. We know how to make a good one. We know how to make a good one. Um, and we were actually talking about this when you were mixing them up is that you could probably take this base of this thing, um, blend it up and pour it into your ice cream maker and make some boozy ice cream with the base, which sounds extra amazing. Definitely once the uh, weather starts turning warm again, we're going to have to come back and revisit that for a lobby bar. We can go have a, lobby, a lobby dairy bar. Uh, Absolutely. And, and <laughs> a lobby dairy bar. And mm. check that out. But yeah, this is way better than the Flying Monkeys and the Wizard of Oz, which creep me out and give people nightmares uh, because it's delicious. So definitely grab a blender and mix one of these up and let us know how you like them. But Michaela, we need to get these milkshakes made up so we can come back to chat about this week's film, The Wizard of Oz. Spoiler warning for Wizard of Oz. If you've not yet seen Wizard of Oz, First of all, I'm really sorry because it's a classic. It's like a global classic. In fact, it's been playing every week, the week of Thanksgiving all over the world since 1956. So I don't know why you haven't seen it yet, but if you haven't, I mean, why, why, why break that now? Just move on to the next, now that we've got the cocktail out of the way, just move on to the next film because it, you clearly just don't want to watch the flying monkeys. And I, I respect that. I can get around that, but if you do, please press pause, go watch that uh, amazing, uh, um, beautifully Technicolor show and come back and we can actually chat about it. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I've been playing the week of Thanksgiving for a long time, but this one came out in 1939. Uh, and it was directed by Victor Fleming, uh, and it stars Judy Garland and her little dog, too. Oh, her little dog, too. Um, what is amazing from a trivia standpoint for this film is it was directed by Victor Pl Fleming, and he left the production at the end to take over Gone with the Wind, which was mm -hmm. also made in 1939. And both of those films went on to be nominated for Best Picture. Of course, Wizard of Oz didn't win, but it... Uh, it was amazing. It lost Best Picture. It lost um, art direction mm -hmm. and it lost yeah. special effects, which is real weird because the art direction and the special effects in this film is pretty amazing considering what we're seeing um, as they have to put in, you know, a tornado. They have to they go from sepia tones to color tones. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's really neat the way they uh use the ruby slippers and all of that. There's tons of trivia around this show. Um, I'm sure a lot of people know it, a lot of it already, but what I found really interesting is the mm -hmm. whole Victor Fleming thing because two, both films are very iconic. Uh, if you were a child of the 80s, um, 
I don't know, in the springtime, they would always have Gone with the Wind. And during Thanksgiving week, they would always show Wizard of Oz. And both of them are Victor Fleming, which I think is kind of neat. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So the the two Academy Awards that it won, it won for Best Original Song for Over the Rainbow. And it won for Best Score, uh, which makes sense because it has a lot of memorable songs in it. But yeah, the fact that it didn't win special effects, uh, we'll talk about it here as we go through the through the movie. But when... Uh, Dorothy opens the door to Oz and it's just all color behind the door. Uh, I don't know how that just one particular shot itself didn't win it for best special effects, but yeah, no. And the way they did that is really cool is they actually painted the door and they actually had a Dorothy Gale. So um, Judy Garland actually was dressed in her regular uh, blue and white with uh, with her dog and she was dressed in color, but she had a body double that was dressed in all sepia tones because they would mm-hmm. do that um, when they were filming in black and white. So just as another aside, anybody who watched the original Superman, his he wasn't dressed in red and blue the way that you would think Superman would be dressed because it was in sepia, it came out better if he was dressed in gray and black. So mm-hmm. they had a person who uh, was wearing a wig, looked just like, Dorothy Gale opened the door and then she came from behind and stepped through in color. And uh, so that is how they, they, they did that sequence. And it's amazing because you'd never know it looking at it. It looks so amazing. Uh, Even to this day, it looks like you're going into a wonderland. It's just so cool. Yeah. It looks amazing in 2021. So I can't even like wrap my head around what it would have looked like in 1939 for people, you know, seeing kind of this Uh, wizard of Oz is falsely, credited with being the first color film um it wasn't but to use color in the way that it did and it was still you know fairly new and pretty novel to have color in film uh, i can't even imagine uh what that would have been like but let's get into this story a little bit michaela um so we'll we'll probably kind of breeze through this one a little bit. Everyone's seen The Wizard of Oz, so there's there's no use in us hitting all of the notes. But it starts out in Kansas in this uh, sepia tone. Uh, we have, you know, Uncle Henry, Auntie M. You have Dorothy there. You got some farmhands who, uh, you know, if you've seen The Wizard of Oz, you know, a time or two, you're like, oh, these guys look familiar. Uh, so we meet them, the three of them, and we meet Dorothy's little dog, Toto, who has gotten himself into some trouble with a mean old Miss Gulch. Oh my gosh, Miss Gulch is the worst. Um, she, you know, I guess they were walking through Mrs. Gulch's land and Toto got into, into it with Miss Gulch and bite her, bit her leg. So Miss Gulch is now calling for the dog to be destroyed. And, you know, the, poor Dorothy is so worried and she, she, she admits that it's her fault, but she does not want anything to happen to little Toto. But of course, you know, Mrs. Gulch is saying, well, you know, I'm going to go to the police and you got to give me the dog and we're going to, we're going to take it and destroy it. And it's actually really, really awful. And so they take the dog away and poor Dorothy is in her room upset, but Toto, he's the smartest little, little whippersnapper. He gets right on out of that basket that she put him in and didn't lock. I, I mean, whatever. And while she's riding her weird bicycle down this Kansas highway made of dirt, um, Mm -hmm. he, jumps out the back gets and and comes back and um you know that's the reason dorothy gale decides to run away because she needs to uh save her dog which is really sweet 
Yeah, that's right. So we get her on the farm singing somewhere over the rainbow, doing a little daydreaming about getting out of Kansas. Uh, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. And in this case, the grass is always in bright, vibrant technicolor. Uh, but yeah, so they get back. She's going to run away. They run away to Professor Marvel's house. Uh, and he's kind of this uh, kooky, like, I don't know, like fortune teller, uh, kind of traveling carnival kind of guy. You get the feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's like, he's like reading her fortune. And he, uh, you know, he, he glances at a picture she has in this little basket she's carrying of uh, Uncle Henry and Auntie M. And uh, he's telling Dorothy about them. And, you know, he kind of talks Dorothy into going back home, right? Maybe everything right. is not quite so bad at home. So she's heading back. But bad news, Michaela, because on the farm, tornadoes coming. Everyone's locked themselves in the cellar, which is where you should be during a tornado. Right. Now, Dorothy, Dorothy goes inside and stands next to the largest window ever. <laughs> Dorothy, being from Kansas, should know better, but uh, apparently she doesn't, uh, and that's where she goes, and that's that's where our story really kicks Kinda into high takes gear. Off. Yeah, the the poor girl. Now, to be fair, Brian, she does go and try and get into the storm cellar, but it's locked, and mm-hmm. they can't yep. hear her because the wind is really bad. I guess they can't hear that she's banging on the window, so she uh, she does go and stand by this ginormous window, which immediately you know breaks and hits her in the head. So she kind of falls on the bed and has this weird daydreaming experience. Well, mm-hmm. you don't really know, and when she wakes up, like it looks like Miss Gulch is uh, like riding her bike in the middle of the cyclone because they've been sucked up by the tornado but then she turns into this really awful witch with of course that <laughs> sound and um yeah. yeah very scary very not good and then the the house kind of had thumps onto the ground and that's when she grabs toto who's totally fine uh hasn't been hurt at all by any yeah. of the any of the the stuff flying around and, and then we get that great scene right where she opens the door and she's been in sepia land um mm-hmm. and she moves into munchkin land which is very very colorful and filled with yeah. people who sound like the chipmunks yeah that's right she <laughs> got that ends great up- little like we welcome you to munchkin land you know? She uh, she ends up in Munchka Land, which is very bright and colorful. Um, I will say during the tornado, all the you can see the tornado like in the background of the farm and stuff, mm-hmm. and it must have been on like a like some sort of matte painting, but it looks super cool. And then when they're flying through the tornado, like because you'll see like you'd said, you know, Miss Gulch, uh, flying around through there, and it's like a big video screen more or less is where her window was, and it looks really cool. Um, I don't know how new that technology would have been to get that picture in picture going in 1939, but uh, also pretty impressive for the time i will say and what else is impressive is how bright and colorful munchkin land is you've got the yellow brick road you've got uh the mayor of munchkin land there they're all decked out in costumes singing a song and ding dong the witch is dead because dorothy landed her house right on top of the wicked witch of the east yeah and the wicked witch of the east you never see her one of the things that i really like about this is it's it's um you don't see uh, like the, the fear that you feel around the witches is more implied than it is shown, right? So mm-hmm. she wears, you know, all you see are her feet and she's got these ruby slippers. And if nobody knew this in the original book, Wizard of Oz, they weren't ruby at all. They were silver, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. production made the um, decision to go ahead and change them to ruby because they thought they would look better in technicolor and for the record they are correct because they look amazing um so yeah you see these ruby slippers they're on this witch and 
all of the munchkins are like super excited because apparently that witch was really mean and ruled over munchkin land. And so, you know, there's this big musical sequence where basically they're excited and happy that the witch is dead, but they also have to prove and get a death certificate, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> which yep. is kind of strange. They have to make sure that she's it's, very it's verified. Yeah. <laughs> she's verified dead. And yeah. then um, there's a couple of little groups like the lollipop, the lollipop league and the, there's a guild. The Yeah. It's, it's the lollipop guild and it is the, um, the Lollipop uh, Guild and the Lullaby League. That's Lullaby League. Yep. Yes. That's right. Yeah. So, so they're thanking her and they're giving her little gifts as she holds her dog. And, you know, mm-hmm. this basically this giant pink bubble comes down and it's Glinda, who's the witch from the north, who looks very pretty, but she's a witch, even though she looks very pretty. And that's kind of strange. And mm-hmm. there's all this amazing celebration. Um, and then in the middle of this, there's this giant red cloud that comes and smoke that comes from the ground and uh, the Wicked Witch of the West appears, right? Which is pretty good special effects because they must've had some sort of trap door, but I mean, it looks like it's in the middle of the crowd. So Mm -hmm. it's it's very cool that the way that they do it. Yeah, that's right. So the Wicked Witch of the West shows up. She has very green skin. She looks suspiciously like Miss Gulch. And she is there to avenge the death of her sister, I guess, the Wicked Witch of the East, who has the the house on her. Um, but, you know, to no problem, Dorothy gets sent on her way down the Yellow Brick Road. You got to get to Oz. That's where you can go and talk to the wizard. The wizard will send you home. Follow the Yellow Brick Road. So you get the Follow the Yellow Brick Road song, which is, you know, pretty fun. Dorothy does some really great dancing, um, you know. Judy Garland is, you know, excellent dancing there. You got Toto running along behind her. Toto's amazing in this. Uh, I loved watching him this time, you know, watching this back a little bit yeah. more critically. But but yeah, she's off to see the wizard, the wonderful Wizard of Oz. And on her travels to Oz, she's going to meet up with some companions. So three companions. Uh, so first we're going to meet Scarecrow. Uh, and he wishes he had a brain. We're going to meet Tin Man. Uh, he wishes he had a heart. And we're going to meet... Uh, the cowardly lion who wishes that he had some courage. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all played super well. I mean, the costuming is pretty amazing now, given what you're, you know, what was able to be done back in the thirties, right? They had no CGI. They had, they did not have any sort of computer animation. It was all based on um, makeup and like, um, prosthetics that they put on people's faces Mm -hmm. and things really cool um and within technicolor i i mean the 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 colors are just super vibrant um they're almost too vibrant but you 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 just couldn't have it any other way now right i mean looking Mm -hmm. at it it's so richly done and you know all of them want something they hear that the wizard uh is is could grant wishes you know maybe he can get dorothy home um yeah. and they also uh feel instantly you know sort of uh responsible for dorothy right so the scarecrow is the first to say hey even if i don't get a brain i'm going to make sure that you get to the uh emerald city and get there safely because this witch this wicked witch really wants those ruby slippers Mm -hmm. And they're on Dorothy's feet and she, you know, she's, might be in danger on the way. So they all kind of walk with her, um, to this, to, to 
to this city. Um, my One of my favorite parts, though, is halfway through or almost before they get there, there's this poppy field that they have to walk through. Mm-hmm. And the, the poppies always look so beautiful to me because they're all these different shades of pink, which is, of course, my favorite color. But they're so pretty. And they all, they, they're like, oh, they smell so good. And she, you know, the, the Wicked Witch of the West has kind of cast a spell on these poppies to help Dorothy and everybody fall asleep. And um, it's just really pretty. And then they sing this song that sounds kind of um, the Winter Sisters, right? In the 40s where you mm-hmm. know, it's, right, yeah. you're out of the woods, you're out of the woods, you're out of the line, whatever. And they kind of run up to <laughs> the Emerald City gate because the whole yeah. city's uh, got a gate around it, which is a little strange, but we're going to go with it. So it's fine. Yeah, that's right. We see em- we see Emerald City in the distance. It looks really cool. Um, I will say you mentioned kind of the, the costuming and the you know, the prosthetics and makeup and stuff. Uh, so I watched this on HBO Max. I think you probably watched this on HBO Max as well. Yes. Um, I'd, I'd not seen this in a couple of years, but whoever did the the conversion of this film into, you know, HD or 4K or whatever the heck they're streaming it at on HBO Max is incredible. Uh, so this was made in 1939 and it looks so crisp and vibrant I um, mean, amazing. Uh, whoever did it took a lot of care to make sure. And you can notice a ton of stuff that I never noticed on my old tube TV, you know, Thanksgiving weekend. Um, so you can see like over top of the scarecrow, like on his face, you can see like, like ridges, like where it's like the cloth, like material, mm-hmm. like over his face. It, it looks so, so cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, so definitely if you've not watched this in a long time, if you have HBO Max, it's worth just watching, watching it through because you can see all of these details yeah. that, you know, people probably never saw for the first, you know, <laughs> almost 80 years that yeah. you know, this thing existed, right? Until you had like high, high definition, you know, uprising of this stuff. So it, yeah. it looks, it looks unbelievable, but yeah, yes. For sure. So, so we get to the Emerald City, um, you know, we're going to meet some horses of a different color, uh, you know, as they get welcomed into Oz, uh, they let her in, but not really to see the wizard. Wizard's not all that interested in seeing them. Uh, wizard, uh, kind of a jerk. Michaela told me that he wasn't a jerk, but he, he is, um, but he's not, he's not going to see him right away, but eventually he finds out that she has these ruby slippers. So maybe it's worth his time to bring them in and see what they're all about. Right, right. So, you know, they get welcomed into the Emerald City because she's got these ruby slippers. Um, I love, absolutely love the sequence where they first enter the Emerald City and there's a horse-drawn carriage and the horse continues to change color. And, you know, it's like purple and then orange and gr- and yellow. And it's just really cool and um, just very... Um, very nostalgic for me, right? Because it's just, mm-hmm. it's very adventurous. It's just very strange. And then they go in and each one of them goes to like a hairdresser. They basically go to this hair, like a wash shop, <laughs> but each one of them has their own thing. So she gets her hair done. Um, the, you know, the tin man gets all polished and mm-hmm. the scarecrow gets re-sewn and re-stuffed. He and re-stuffed, so all, yeah. You know, they all look so great. And of course, like the cowardly lion gets his hair curled. It's really kind of fun. And they get to the to the gate to talk to the wizard. And the only reason why the wizard is interested in really talking to them is because now the Wicked Witch of the West is at her wit's end. She, you know, she wasn't able to stop them to get into the Emerald City. So she's like written across the sky that Dorothy needs to surrender. And 
Um, so they, they go into this room where the wizard's supposed to be. And the wizard, again, the special effects are amazing. It's like a giant head that's flying in the air with like flames behind it and this booming voice and the great and powerful Oz. And he basically challenges them and says, I'm not going to help you unless you come back with the witch's broomstick, which is basically a sentence for death. I mean, (laughs) knowing now as a kid, it was like, okay, let's go get the broomstick. But, um, it did not, it didn't, uh, it doesn't seem like that. It seems very much like he just is trying to get rid of them and get them Yeah, away. Yeah, he's uh, he's super dismissive of them, right? He right. They, they basically ask for the things they wanted to ask for. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But go get me this broomstick and, you know, maybe we'll have a bit of a chat about this. So how are you going to go and get the broomstick from this evil witch? Uh, you're going to have to go through the haunted forest. The haunted forest is very scary. There are like animatronic uh, crows and buzzards there. Uh, they look... Uh, kind of scary. They have glowing red eyes. That's pretty scary. Uh, scary enough for Scarecrow to be holding a gun. Where did Scarecrow get a gun? We don't know for sure. What's he going to be <laughs> shooting with the gun? Uh, I Not don't know. A Not a clue. I don't know. I don't know for sure. But uh, our time they- in the haunted forest is short because Great. the namesake of our cocktail for the week are going to get sent out to uh, to capture capture them. That's right. The flying monkeys, which basically I think they were either little people or children. Okay, Mm -hmm. because they were very small in stature and they had these weird monkey masks on. So they did not, um, unlike the scarecrow and the tin man and the cowardly lion, right? They didn't have prosthetics. They literally are in like a full mask. So Mm -hmm. anybody that has a problem with masks because you can't see what their, what their facial expression is, is really going to, no wonder they hated this, right? (laughs) Because they're really scary. And then they've got these wings and of course they're, they're flying all over the place and um, they capture Dorothy, they capture Toto um, and they basically uh, take out all of the, scarecrows stuffing and they hurt like i mean they don't really hurt them luckily but they distract Mm -hmm. her three friends enough to take her away and so they now have to go on their own and get to the witch's castle but there's a sign which is amazing it says you know witch's castle to the left one mile turn back now (laughs) when you still can very funny um yeah and then we get to the worst scene well i think it's the saddest scene of the whole show, right? Where, you know, Dorothy is really wanting to go home. She misses her Auntie M. And the witch, you know, it's all in good fun. Like we don't, when you're watching it, I don't know, as a kid, I didn't think that she was that evil, but oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, she has basically decided that she's going to have to do away with Dorothy in order to get her ruby slippers off of her. So she's got this really scary looking red, um, hourglass filled with sand and she turns mm-hmm. it over and she's like this is all the time you have left and then there's this giant crystal ball and it's huge it's probably like two feet around i mean it's enormous mm-hmm. and she can see her auntie m looking for her and she's like mom you know auntie m i want to come home and then it turns into the witch and the witch is like ah, and it's horrible i mean this scene i always cry because i get so sad for poor dorothy who just wants to go home you know well, that's right 
Yeah, she just wants to go home, but she's going to need a little help to get there. Uh, luckily, we found out earlier that Toto is a slippery little devil. Uh, so he's going to sneak out of the room, get out of there. He's going to go and find the uh, Tin Man and the Scarecrow and the Cowardly Lion. They're uh, they're climbing up like some like cliffside kind of thing, trying to get into the castle. He goes down, finds them, tells them where they need to go. So they're going to go and a rescue is on, get Dorothy out of there. Uh, and it's kind of like a, a little chase back and forth and they end up running up onto the roof uh, and that is where the witch finally gets them cornered. Uh, she is a mean customer. She throws a fireball at Scarecrow, which is not great if you're made out of straw. Uh, highly yep. flammable there. Uh, and in the effort to put Scarecrow out, uh, put the fire out on Scarecrow, Dorothy chucks a bucket of water at him, uh, but some of it misses. Hits right on to that mean old witch. Yeah, and apparently witches uh, can't can't deal with water. They're not waterproof or water resistant even. And nope. so I don't know, this three or four pints of water that have found their way onto the Wicked Witch of the West's face and clothes, she immediately starts to melt. And again, it's really cool the way they do this uh, cinematically mm -hmm. because she she kind of melts, her clothes kind of melt onto the floor. And she's so she's like, what a world, what a world. What I love it. She says, how <laughs> dare you for destroying my beautiful wickedness? I love that line because she's yeah. just so rah. And then, oh, I'm melting. And she melts into the floor. And then, you know, amazingly, um, the... Uh, the flying monkeys and all of her army are like, we, we're glad that you killed her. <laughs> like she was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> we now, you know, uh, <laughs> there, we profess our fidelity to you, Dorothy. So, you know, she gets, uh, luckily the broomstick did not get melted. And so they get the broomstick and take it back to the wizard of Oz. And hopefully the wizard's gonna do what he said he was going to do. Um, yeah. but yeah, he, you're right, Brian, he's kind yeah. of a jerk. And he yeah. basically says, you know, uh, I need you to go away, come back tomorrow. And you know, they're, they're not, a, they're, they've kind of had it with him, right? They're out of yeah. patience. They're like, we yep. want to go home now. We've asked you a couple times now and we've done yeah. everything you asked. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The wizard is not very forthcoming with any help. So they show up with the broomstick as, you know, the wizard asked them to do. And he's like, oh, uh, that's nice. Uh, still not going to help you guys out because uh, he is a jerk, as I said. Uh, but luckily, <laughs> Toto is still there. Toto is the real hero of Wizard of Oz. Toto goes over and he pulls the curtain back. And we see a gentleman there uh, who looks an awful lot like, uh, what's his name? Professor, uh, Professor... Professor Marble, yeah, uh, a gentleman, a gentleman by the face of Professor Marble is back there, and uh, you know you get the famous line, you know, don't uh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. But of course, we know that that is the real kind of puppet master here of Oz, and he turns around, he's kind of faced with the fact that they have uh, figured him out, and he's going to have to make good on these promises. So uh, he's going to get Dorothy home. Uh, as he as he said he would, uh, but he's got to help Scarecrow and Tin Man and the Cowardly Lion, uh, you know, with their problems. So, yeah. you know, the Scarecrow wanted some brains and he's like, ah, you don't need brains. He's like, I know a lot of people who think they're smart. They're not really that smart, but what they have is a diploma. And we know some people like that, Michaela. Uh, so he gives we Scarecrow. Sure <laughs> so, so we get a Scarecrow, a diploma, uh, Tin Man, he wants a heart. And, you know, he tells him, you know, that having a heart's not really 
really that great. You know, you just have to show, uh, you know, that you love people and you have to be compassionate and you have to, you know, stand in the face of adversary. And you've definitely done that. But normally when people do that, they get a medal. So Tin Man is going to get a medal and the Cowardly Lion is like, you're not that cowardly, really. You did all of these things. That's great. But what you didn't get was a testimonial. You just need people to acknowledge that you are brave. And that is the real trick to being brave. So, so yeah, so he hands out a diploma, a medal, and a testimonial uh, to these three. And they are all set. And now it's time for Dorothy to hop on the air balloon and head home. Right. Because the Wizard of Oz was, he lets them in on a secret where, you know, it was pretty obvious that he wasn't really a wizard, right? That he, he was like, I came from Omaha or Ohio and I was on a hot air balloon and I landed in this weird land and everybody called me wizard. And so he's like, I can, you know, it's time for us to go. I will just heat up that air, hot air balloon again and get you out of here. Right. So Mm -hmm. they go ahead and get all ready to go. Um, The wizard who was kind of the king, uh, you know, or the leader of um, Oz, he turns around and he says, Hey, it's, it's all you now, scarecrow. Right. Um, and says, everybody needs to follow scarecrow. And so, you know, they're trying to say goodbye. And of course, Toto, he, uh, I don't know, he ch- starts chasing a cat or something. And yeah. one of um, these citizens of Oz is holding a cat <laughs> right next to the balloon and Toto can't stand for that. Doesn't want nope. a cat there on his great no. departure. So man, that dog starts running. Then of course, Dorothy Gale says, just a minute, I have to go get my dog. And of course, you know, they don't wait. They just kind of let, they, they, they let the, <laughs> the balloon just kind of fly up in the air. And of course, you know, the, the guy who's the wizard of Oz, he's like, I don't know how any of this works. I don't know how it worked the last time. Sorry. Bye everybody. And so she's stuck and she'll, she thinks she's never going to get home and she starts to cry and it's really scary and sad mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, until this giant pink bubble shows up again, which is amazing. I love people who show up in bubbles. I love it. Yeah, you should always, if you have the opportunity to show up in a bubble, you should take it. Uh, and that's what Glinda the Good Witch does. She turns up, you know, after this balloon is gone, Dorothy is heartbroken, thinks she's going to be stuck here forever. Uh, and Glinda is like, Oh yeah, just uh, just click your heels together three times and say there's no place like home. Uh, Could have told me that like two hours ago, Glinda. Thanks for nothing. Yeah, uh, but even she says that she needed to learn these lessons herself. So mm, that's why. Mm, debatable, debatable. <laughs> so so is Glinda a good witch? Really, I don't know for sure. Uh, but Dorothy clicks her heels together, uh, says there's no place like home, and she's going to wake up in that bed that she passed out in uh, when she was practicing tornado safety earlier in the film. Right. And so, you know, Aunt Em is there. She's got this beautiful, like this warm cloth on her head. They're back to sepia tones, right? And Toto's there. And then all of uh, her, the farmhands uh, are there. Hunk, who looks an awful lot like the Scarecrow is there. Zeke, mm-hmm, who looks mm-hmm. like the Cowardly Lion. And of course, Hickory, who looks like the Tins Woodsman. They're all like hanging out, making sure she's okay. And she's trying to explain to them, Dorothy, is that, you know, you were there. I was there. There was this amazing place and it was so great. And there was this horrible witch and, um, and they're like, sure you were there. And he's like, no, don't you believe me? And they're like, sure we do, Dorothy. Sure we do. But then she's just so excited to be home, you know, to see her aunt M and, uh, mm-hmm. it ends with the amazing and very true words. There's no place like home. There is no place like home and there is no place quite like 
Oz, Michaela. So this came out in 1939. Uh, so it's been going strong for, you know, like 80 plus years now. Um, and as you mentioned, I think you said what, 1956 or something like that started yes. showing it on on Thanksgiving. Um, yep. Now that's that's the first time I would have seen this. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that that was probably close-ish to the first time uh, you would have seen this, you know, as a youngster growing up, maybe sometime, you know, around the holidays. And the reason that this was such a holiday staple in the United States, at least, um, as far as I can tell, was that The Wizard of Oz fell into the public domain. So TV stations didn't have to pay anything to show it. So yes. it was it was a very it was a classic movie. It was a musical. It was family friendly. And we can show this thing for free done every Thanksgiving weekend. We're playing this. Right. Uh, I mean, so they, they started playing this. Uh, CBS started. Uh, they did a television broadcast in 1956. And then it was picked up again in the 80s to happen every single uh, hol uh, Thanksgiving holiday. So it wasn't just CBS, but a ton of different uh, stations banded together and they would play this like 65 times over the course of Thanksgiving weekend. So you're mm -hmm. absolutely correct. Um, I remember seeing this in the eighties uh, and my dad, who is a, a big believer in um, taping movies back when you could tape them on a VHS video cassette oh, recorder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, he would, he, I have it still. I have the videotape that we, um, that my dad, recorded on and it's got all these amazing Christmas Thanksgiving holiday commercials uh, oh, cool. for the North in the 1980s um, mm -hmm. because that's, that's exactly what, when I saw it for the first time. So, mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting because when people think of this film, they automatically think of that time in their lives and mm -hmm. it's the opening sequence to this actually is dedicated to the young and to the young at heart who believe in storytelling and believe in magic. And it's just really neat that all of these things have, have kind of occurred. So you still think of all of these really wonderful, comfortable feelings when mm -hmm. you think of Wizard of Oz because of the time that it's in. It's just kind of neat how it all, it all works out, Brian. It all works out. Yeah, and it's definitely kind of like a, a snapshot into Americana in that way because, you know, it really... After after we grew up and we got into DVRs and streaming services and things, there's not really going to be anything like this. I don't imagine that's going to show at the same time every year, you know, because production cycles and things. I mean, yeah, well, I think you know, you're right. people, I mean, people will continue to carry kind of these traditions forward, but I don't. There's there's never going to be. I, there's never going to be another Wizard of Oz in the film sense, but there's never going to be another thing like Wizard of Oz that I think that collectively everyone kind of latches onto and, you know, carries, carries into the future like that. Yeah. For Christmas, I remember that it became the Christmas story, which is about mm -hmm. the little boy who wants a BB gun, but he'll right. shoot his eye out. And so I remember at Christmas time, um, but it was a little bit later. It wasn't in the eighties. It wasn't until like the early two thousands, I think where, some station would play it 24 hours a day on Christmas mm -hmm. day. And so, you know, that, that was a thing, but that's kind of got a different connotation to it. Some people find that very nostalgic, but I think you're right. I think that there's just something about um, this kind of movie tradition 
nostalgia around Wizard of Oz that we're, we're really hard pressed to find again. And now that we don't have syndicated television shows and series and channels the way that we did back in the day, you really have to, you're really, the onus is going to be on you to make those traditions and say on Christmas Eve, we watch this or on Thanksgiving weekend, we do this. And mm-hmm. so it, I would love to hear if people are still doing uh, the, you know, Wizard of Oz thing around Thanksgiving time. I know I do, um, but mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see if people our age or even younger, um, since they didn't grow up necessarily with that, if that's something that that is still in their repertoire um, of, you know, traditions that they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely worth your time. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that anyone that's listening, you know, to us talk about this, you know, at this length has probably seen the Wizard of Oz, but it's definitely worth watching um, just from the historical standpoint of what it was able to accomplish and to push forward in cinema. And like I said, this, you know, kind of up updated uh, visual look that it has on HBO is is breathtaking to look at it is so it you are correct it is absolutely amazing i mean the horses right that are different mm-hmm. colored so fun fact they use jello powder to color the horses mm-hmm. um but you can actually see like the differences in their skin and it, like patches where the dye was darker in some areas than than not i mm-hmm. never had seen that before some of the you could see the individual snowflakes that had fallen in the poppy field where you could see snow falling, but it was very different. And by the way, that, that was asbestos that they used. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So (laughs) yeah, really not, not, not good um, the way that they did that, but it was basically asbestos falling (laughs) on these people, but you could see the little, the little uh, like the flakes uh, Mm -hmm. landing on, uh, you know, the tin man's nose and cheeks really just very amazing amazing the way that they remastered that whole thing to make it look um in, you know in the 4k format or whatever whatever it is uh it's it's really beautiful so if you love wizard of oz you can see it on hbo max now um mm-hmm. go see it because it is it's worth relooking at just for yeah. that long yeah, absolutely. So uh, definitely go give it a rewatch, um, especially now as we're getting into the holiday season. Um, hopefully that's in your plans. And if you do watch it or, you know, let us know your traditions revolving around uh, The Wizard of Oz, because we want to hear about all of that stuff. If you make a flying monkey to have while you're doing it, or if you have another kind of special cocktail or drink that you like to have, uh, you know, this time of year as we're kicking off the kind of holiday season, let us know. And you should do that on our Instagram and Twitter. It's at drink the movies and on facebook.com slash drink the movies. If you want to see pictures of the flying monkey that we made or get the recipe or recap on the episodes, any of that good stuff, you can do that on our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. And if you are trying to get back home to Kansas, uh, you should probably listen to drink the movies on your way home. So where should they go do that? Michaela? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere where Anchor Podcasts are distributed. 
there's 52 episodes out now. So we have Mm -hmm. plenty of uh, content for you to listen through full of wholesome uh, adult drink goodness, (laughs) really good movies. Um, We'd appreciate it if you subscribed. I mean, if you subscribed and you've listened, then um, then you're out of luck because it's just this one that you've got. But if you haven't subscribed, it's a good time to do that. Make up for lost time. Leave us a five star review if you're liking what you're hearing. If you have any suggestions, please, we'd, we'd love to know what, what's on your mind. We've built a really great community uh, and it's only been a year. I can't wait to see what we're yeah. going to do in the future, um, but we want you with us. So please subscribe, leave a five-star review. It helps us get the Drink the Movie stuff out there. That's right. And for now, Michaela, uh, we should probably mix up another, you know, picture or two of the Flying Monkeys and watch Wizard of Oz again because it's Thanksgiving week here in the U.S. So everyone be safe and have a good meal out there. Spend some time with the family uh, if you're able to do that. And check back in with us next week because it's time to start putting up the Christmas decorations and get into holiday movie month. Absolutely. Holiday movie month. Um, On that note, I'm thankful for you, Brian. Thanks for being on this journey with me in the drink the movies extravaganza. Extravaganza. That's right. We're happy Thanksgiving. We're we're thankful for all of the listeners out there. And we're thankful for everyone that joins us next time on drink, drink the the movies. movies. There's no place like home. And your little dog too. (laughs) 